five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That's the uh, the great Robert Palmer. You might as well face it. You're addicted to being hip. Uh, that's kind of the theme for the show today. And Robert Palmer was a bit of a hipster. But he was a classic hipster. Always wore a suit. Always looked good. Always looked cool. Right? And that video actually kind of skewers hipsterism and fashion it's a very very clever clever video i mean that was kind of at the height of mtv as um mtv to be able to to really push um a record and that video was perfect you had these soulless models pretending to play the instruments like nobody everybody knew they're not playing the fucking instrument right it's a genius video and i remember watching that as a young male peachy you're you're you come on you're you're wreaking havoc we got the peach here today there she is um i remember as a young dude right like as a young guy how even those models are like they're caricatures, but even as a young guy, you know, with testosterone going through your system, you're you're still like, wow, those are, you know, those are really beautiful women underneath kind of the garish makeup, right? Like that's how young dudes are. So on that level, that video succeeds too, because even though it's a commentary on. Uh, fashion and how how fake it is i mean because they're not even playing right i mean that's part of the appeal of the video and it's just really clever but at the same time you know like yeah that that guitarist on the right who who looks maybe like they're from spain she's really hot right like in your brain you're still making those connections and so it's a it's a brilliant um kind of treatise on on advertising and psychology and and then the tune itself is actually very um hooky and catchy i had no plans on playing a video today it just so happened that it was just kind of running through my head oh what what could we have as a song that would kind of be a barbecued skewer a little bit of being hip and fashionable 
and that was it that was the tune and um actually very it's a it's a catchy fun kind of rock and little ditty from robert palmer and it seems of age pretty well for a video back then the videos were it's interesting watching the evolution of videos on mtv and how quickly editors and producers um adapted to the uh, the medium and you know there were some that would try to go in for these sort of big budget um very hollywoody kind of expressions of the song and a lot of those are really bad really really bad i'm reminded of the the uh the billy squire video where he's running around in like a negligee or some shit like that and the director who actually went on to direct some movies kind of did it on purpose and billy squire had uh some reservations about kind of how feminine this video was and it killed his fucking career right but the guy who who was the, the director of the video wanted to create like a bit of a showcase for his directing skills and you had people doing that in the mtv video world another person who did that was russell mulcahy who was the director for duran duran's videos and those videos helped launch him into um a movie career where he directed some pretty interesting movies he directed um uh highlander right uh with uh, christopher lambert and sean connery and he directed the shadow with alec Baldwin. the stylistically those are really um interesting movies so a lot of guys who were doing those videos were like, fuck, you know, this is great. If I do enough of them, I'll get noticed and I'll, I'll get a career as a, as a film director. For Phil Jonu, the director of the movie Three O'Clock High, which is a classic, it went in the other direction. And he did a few music videos. I think he did a short I need a short um, film at like UCLA or USC. It was a real kind of got some attention. And I think Spielberg, who was the director, the producer, three o'clock high hired him to, I think, do a segment on amazing tales, which was a TV series that Steven Spielberg was um, executive producing. And I think that's where Jonu got, cut his you know that's where he started to get noticed and then he did the movie three o'clock high and they were editing the movie and they were editing at the same place where i think u2 was doing something and so he connected with u2 and he wound up becoming their video director for all i think he still does their videos to this day um he did the movie Rattle and Hum, which was their documentary. So he went from movies to videos. But back in the day, it was you, like even a guy like Mark Mark Pellington, who that's what he did in New York City. He was a video director. I believe he did both of the 
two Pearl Jam videos, Jeremy and uh, Evenflow, right? Like he he did he did both of the videos. Those are the only videos that Pearl Jam ever did. And then Mark Pellington went on to direct some uh, bigger budget movies. The one that he's most known for is a movie called Arlington Road. So that's what it, that's how you would do it. That's how you would move up. You you would cut these videos and watching how MTV evolved and how the medium evolved and how uh, it was very, we were watching 120 minutes, some replays of 120 minutes over the weekend. And it was really interesting to go through time and, and just watching the, the nature of the rock video. And it kind of bleeds into what we're going to talk about today, which is essentially how hipsterism and particularly a subsect of hip hipsterism um the which i would call the the green hipsterism is really driving um the lifestyle part of the green agenda and uh agenda 21 and klaus schwab and everything that you know we talk about here on this show um there, there is a driver beneath it all. We're going to get into that today. And when we get into it, I'll show you in a lot of ways um, how insidious it is. Because it's so seductive in a lot of ways. And how I got to this place. I don't even know how I got to this one website. I can't, I, I can't quite figure it out. but. It popped up on a search, and I and I thought, oh, this is an interesting post. And the the post was somebody who was defending David Avocado Wolf. David Avocado Wolf was a hipster. Okay, just saying, he was a hipster. Like I lived just right on the on the other side of the San Rafael Bridge in Point Richmond a lot of my friends lived in Marin County um I was dating somebody who was kind of in that in that scene at that time and David David Wolf was part of that scene I I actually knew David Wolf back then and we weren't really close right like he was a super nice guy by the way this is not a hit piece on David Wolf so just Keep that in mind. I'm not here to bash David Wolf. Um, and I remember having lunch with him at this at this cafe in Berkeley, which was a vegan echo hipster cafe. Like that's that's what it was about. And, and you know, they had really good vegan echo hipster food there. Um so he came, he, there, there was, it was a scene, right? It was like a cool scene. And there was music associated with it. And I'll kind of get into um, some of it, but that has not ended, right? It's like that has, that kind of evolutionary arc, you know, it has, has taken on um, sort of a life of its own. And there are all these, you know, cultural touch points that are a part of it. Burning Man is a part of it. A lot of a lot Burning Man was like ground zero for hipsterism. 
like it's born out of being a hipster there's there was at the beginning of burning man it was that's what it was it was it was a bunch of people that were kind of you know silicon valley people um you know older older hippies who kind of morphed out of hippiedom you know kind of generation jones who weren't quite boomers but kind of found this other thing right it was kind of cool kind of edgy alternative but not so alternative that you had to you know pierce your genitalia right although some people burning man would do that whatever all all good so a lot of the green movement sort of comes out of that right comes out of this idea that 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 uh it's cool to uh recycle stuff it's cool to go to the thrift store and shop oh yeah that's part of the hipster movement right and i'm not saying being a hipster is bad but but it has taken on uh a quasi uh echo spiritual sort of lifestyle adaptation that has really become a pretty significant commercial driver in a lot of ways. So we're going to get into that today. And this woman, I found this article where she defended David Avocado Wolf because she used to work for him. And apparently uh, there was another woman who did just a massive hit piece um, on David Wolf. And David is an interesting character. He could have stayed in that lane. David Wolf, had he stayed in sort of the hipster echo lane, could have been the king of it all. Could have been the king. If David embraced vaccines, if David embraced um, climate change, if David embraced all of the catechisms of the green movement, he would be so fucking popular right now. But to his credit, he didn't. To his credit, he made a huge pivot, and huge enough to where he actually moved to Texas. Um, but this woman, and I'll get into her website, which is kind of where I, so like, who is this person? Why is she defending David Wolf? Um, so I'll get into her website and I'll show you sort of the drivers of the lifestyle and why it is so appealing to people. It's not the forced austerity of say Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or Yuval Noah Harari or any of these other people. This is really a bait and switch program because in as much as the video of Robert Palmer with those models kind of mockingly glamorizes fashion and being models. Um, there is a tinge of this inside of this kind of life. People are being exploited, right? It's it's this whole thing is made to look like really seductive and really cool. And you just want a part of it because spirituality and saving the planet was never so cool and never so hip as it is today. And there are companies that happily provide 
products along these lines because they know that there are people that are going to buy them. And what's what's interesting is that a lot of the people that promote this kind of echo green hipster lifestyle, they have resources, they have money. Um, they can afford the products, right? A lot of people who are kind of outside of their consumer market, you know, the hot pockets people, um, they can't. So it definitely sets the bar high. And if you're kind of in the hot pockets world and you're kind of interested in this lifestyle, it's something that you would aspire to. It's very, very fashionable. Uh, and I ran across another article. It's different. It's not the article that has her defending David Wolf. Um, it's an article about exactly what I'm talking about, how how green echo hipsters are in some ways a danger because of the lifestyle that they're glamorizing. And at the end of the day, that is absolutely not the lifestyle that will be given to people. It's a real bait and switch. It's a master bait and switch. All right, let's get into um, some Chattaria here. Let's see how you guys are doing. 7-Eleven has the war started yet? Are we, uh, are we off in the war zone? The perpetual war zone? Let's see, who do we have here? Oh, I got a naval chat. Maybe Steve did that. My bad. You know, whenever I come back, um, it takes me a while to kind of get back into the groove and do all the things that I'm supposed to do. So let's see. All right. Thanks, Steve, for doing that. I appreciate that. The one little thing that I didn't click. All right. Who do we have here? Uh, there's my man. Miguelito, what's going on, Michael? Sony's here, the classy one. There's my man, Steve. What's going on, Stefano? Uh, let's see, Tomas. Mayor, I got it right, didn't I? I got it right. Mayor, NYC. I'll be, uh, I'll be chatting with you later today. Uh, there's my man, TJ. What's going on, Tom? Sinzef. All hail our cult leaders, Jasper, Peachy, and Robert. <laughs> Peachy, man. She's a trip. She's a total trip. Uh, Darlene Tiffer, what's going on? Checking in from the 210. There's Fantastic. What's going on, Cece? Harry Bowie. Hey, hey, Um, Harriet, I'm waiting for my button-up blue shirt to bust out that very cool bolo tie. Just letting you know. Kelly B., What's going on, Kelly? Good to see you. We got another Hayoka, Marge. What's going on, Marge? Good to have you here. Hucklebuck411. Checking in. Wendy says, the beautiful one. Tamara. Scribbies. Balanced skirts. Short on left. Long on the right. <laughs> I like that. Double B, Beth Berry's here. What's going on, Beth? We got the, we got the crew. Past Lives Matter. Checking in. Curious Joe, loving Mr. Palmer. Man, Robert Palmer was Robert Palmer was great. He he died way too soon. Just way too soon. Robert Palmer 
was one of the most eclectic artists you'll ever run across. He started off with a folk band called Vinegar Joe. He kind of comes out of the English folk scene. Folky, kind of, kind of you know, bluesy. And then he just becomes like all these other characters. He becomes this blue-eyed soul guy. Um, he does a turn with electronic music. Um, really, I mean, really pioneers. Um, I dream of wires, like really trippy electronic stuff. You're in my system. And then he goes into the kind of hardcore sort of rock thing with the power station. I mean, Robert Palmer was, he was great. I remember the day he died. I was at, I was at mp3.com and I was going out to lunch with Fiona, this, this uh, pretty cool Greek woman. And um, we just heard that Robert Palmer had died. I was kind of devastated. It was like, you know, it was, because he was one of those guys whose music I really dug and, and really listened to. Like, you know, I'd go, you know, I discovered, you know, um, looking for clues, that record, which is just incredible. Um, and it's like, you know, it's, it, you know, when, when you, when there's an artist who's kind of your discovery, like in your own way, and that person passes away, it's just kind of, kind of weird. And he was really young, really young. Um, let's see. No, they're not playing anything. That's part of the part of the deal. Miss Nikia's here. What's going on? Palmer was a little Bowie-esque. I, I think there is some truth to that because he could he could he could shapeshift a little bit like Bowie for sure. But he, he didn't have the same kind of kind of arch artifice that Bowie had. You, you know, it's kind of like through it all, you always knew it was Robert Palmer. And he's kind of always kind of the same guy. Like he could morph musically, but there was with Bowie, he would morph like physically, and and you know, Bowie was definitely a shapeshifter, and Robert Palmer was definitely experimental, and he could he could change musical genres. You know, Fran, I was thinking the same thing about the drummer. It was like, how did how, how did how did that, how did that all like go down? Okay, you're on bass, you're on guitar, you're on guitar, you're on guitar, you're on keyboards, and you're on drums. And the drummer chick is like, fuck, I'm on drums. I guess it's better than not being in the video because you're getting paid to be in the video. And I wonder if they changed it up. I wonder if they like had different takes. And maybe there was a take where the drummer girl was on the guitar or keyboards. I, I, I'd love to know the story about that video, but I was thinking the same thing, Fran. It's like, what? There's a woman back there playing drums? And she's like, yeah, yeah. I was in the Robert Palmer video. You know, Addicted to the Love. I was in that video. Really? Really? Which one were you? I was the drummer. Oh. Yeah, I think I saw you. Octomom at plastic surgery. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. She did have plastic surgery look like man. She's weird, man. Nadia Suleiman is weird. Like she's just an odd, odd person. Really odd person. I'll bring it up tomorrow. 
I wonder how many takes they do the music because the ladies broke up. You couldn't hold the serious faces. I, I think we'll get we'll get into the story behind the video tomorrow. Saw Robert Palmer live at the cellar door in DC a long time ago in a galaxy. Um, I w- I never saw Robert Palmer. That's an artist I wish I'd seen. Let's see who else do we have here. Finca, another one bites the dust. Seventy-seven years and still standing barely. Hmm. Addicted to high beam red lipstick. Yeah, we'll 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 just skirt around the Q and on talk with the red lipstick for now. Uh, let's see. Oh, Lynn is it's her birthday. Oh, we got to play a birthday song for Lynn, don't we? That's the tradition around these parts. Let me see if I can find a good birthday song for Lynn. Let me see. Let me see what I can come up with here. The wonders of the internet. All right, here we go. Lynn, I promise. I'll give you two, Lynn. No, this is, this is, hold on. All right, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. This one, this one's for you, Lynn. Keep your eye on the screen, bottom right. Here we go. Surprise! One, two, three. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's a great day. That's what we say. Happy That's for our our dear friend, Lynn, and her 77th birthday. There's some other interesting crab ones here. There's a crab, crab rave. Happy birthday from Crafty Crab. Bunny crab birthday song. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crab birthday stuff here. Here we go. This is Lynn. You should use this one right here. Here you go. Here's another one. This is just eleven minutes, eleven seconds, I think. It's a little too short, but uh, it's potent. Fifteen seconds. Here we go. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, crap rate.
wanted to see 90 minutes of the crab rave. We'll just loop that. There you go, Lynn. You got you got birthday bonus. How's that? You got birthday and crab rave. There was another one here that looked kind of interesting. Let me see. Crab rave official music. That's three minutes and 13 seconds of crab rave. Somebody just put the birthday time thing over the crab rave. It's like a clip. 16, 16 uh, second clip. There you go. Well, happy birthday, Lynn. Have yourself some avocado ice cream. Celebrate your inner hipster. Drink some cacao. Have a cup of cacao with a little avocado ice cream. And have a few um, slightly softened goji berries on the top of your avocado ice cream. Or just a slight bit of texture. But don't forget the cacao. That's important. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have here? Let's see. Who else? Yes, it's my birthday. Imagine having this solar return. Oh, yeah. Lynn, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what they say, right? Okay, who else do we have here? Uh, finally got a new-to-me four-year-old Shih Tzu rescue. Very scared, defensive, working with her. She's coming around. Makes me, oh, nice. I hope you have a nice time with your little Shih Tzu. Christine, what's going on, Cremo? The Rabbit Queen checking in. Uh, Lisa W's here. Uh, Robert, if you want to play a song, they say it's your birthday by the Beatles. My husband and I always played that for each other. Oh, I'll play it at the end, Lynn. We'll go out on that. How's that sound? We'll play it at the end. We kind of like the crab song. Especially the, the one that was all about wishing you a happy Earth birthday. Whole Earth Catalog in the 70s started a lot of that, too. That's right. That was... Stuart Brand, um, a lot of this starts in the in the 70s. Let's see. Why did David Avo leave Hawaii and go to Houston? What a change. I think David still has the place in Hawaii. That that's what I think. I think he's still um I think he still has a place in Hawaii. That's that's my my sense cultaria i like that see mary lee's here what's going on mary lee good to see you are we good here tondar no bullets but some speedball nut job on the train was alternating sleep and screaming for mama before hopping off at his stop all business-like the world is uh crazy the drummer had it easy 
maybe just in the video, but in the drummer's mind, she's thinking, fuck, how come I'm not on guitar? That's what I'm thinking. He had a heart attack at 54. Yeah, he did. And I believe Robert Palmer was the Leo. If I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Pretty sure he was a Leo. Robert Palmer. He smoked a lot. Oh, I take that back. January 19th. It's a good thing I checked. He's actually an Aquarius. Wasn't Aquarius. Died on September 26th in Paris, France, 2003. Ah, January 19th. That Clues record is really good. Riptide. Robert Palmer, man. You know what the good thing is about Robert Palmer dying? We'll always remember him as that guy, right? You don't have to see Robert Palmer get old. Like watching Robert Plant get old is starting to get a little uncomfortable. Just a little. So at least we'll remember him in his suave and urbane uh, sort of jet setter suit wearing self okay let's get into um the subject matter at hand and let me let me bring up this article that i found about um echo hipsters why don't we start there and then we'll get into uh the um uh, Oh. Then we get into the whole lifestyle thing. So this is some this is SMD magazine. I have no idea. Sustainability matters daily. So maybe there's some infighting inside of the hipster community. Like who's more real? Who's got more cred? What are echo hipsters? And how do they threaten the planet? This is by somebody named uh, Amund, written three years ago, just about, well, two and a half years ago. For once, I'm going to write an article that is not based on science. Well, gee, thanks. All the arguments made in this post have exclusively been put down from the top of my head. This is not about global warming, climate change, science, American politics, or the environmental cost of eating beef, which I'm sure this person has gone to great lengths to write about. I will talk about something way more interesting. Echo hipsters. What are echo hipsters and how do they threaten the planet? Before I researched this article, I had no idea. never heard the word before. However, I found the description so accurate and on point that I had to use this infamous buzzword. Echo hipster a hipster who thinks they're better than everyone else because they recycle often lectures other people on the environment without any valid information to back up their claims. In other words, an echo hipster is a person who tries to brand themselves as echo friendly without having any idea how to live a green lifestyle. Okay. So 
even inside of the green community, it's like, I'm greener than you are. You're just a fucking echo hipster. Like, like, yeah, I'm way more austere than you are. So this person is coming at the echo hipster from inside of their world. And what they don't really realize is that echo hipsterism is the lifestyle driver of the Green New Deal. All right. Saving the world is not the most important thing. Like, look, the world was here before us. The world will continue to be here after us. You know, is it better to, you know, treat our environment with respect? Sure, of course it is. But to make saving the world uh, your, 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 your daily practice is it's part of the religion. It's really part of the religion, just, just like how um, you have born-again Christians and their daily practice and trying to convert people is part of their religion. It's like, oh, you're, you're, you're not recycling that? You're not recycling that? Oh, oh, you're actually going to eat that product? Do you know where that came from? You're not putting cream in your coffee, are you? You know that the the cream is supposed to go to those calves. You're not supposed to get that cream. That's what you'll get. Here, let's keep going here. Um, getting pe other people to believe that you are saving the world is everything that counts. How to spot an echo hipster in your daily life? There are loads of them. Chances are that you know a couple of them which made me want to outline some clear characteristics. Remember, this is coming from inside of the green, the green world. The, you know, the echo warriors, right? They're factually wrong about most climate change science out there. Okay. If they had a meat-free lunch four years ago, they will probably still talk about it. 90% of their Instagram photos have some type of weird filter, black and white, retro, et cetera. As exemplified by Urban Dictionary, most echo hipsters are hypocrites. They believe that backpacking trip to Vietnam could be deemed echo-friendly if they ask for not getting straws while ordering their gin and tonic. What annoys me is when you follow some echo-friendly traveler on Instagram, and they've been to London and Washington and Ho Chi Minh City and Shanghai, in only two weeks, yep, environmentally friendly lifestyle. They love urban areas. That's true. You'll never see an actual eco-hipster out in the woods. That is true, too. Some of them go to vegan cafes. However, that is just to upload some pictures to their Instagram profile. Most of them hate vegan food. I wouldn't say that that's true. I think that is a blanket statement and unfair to echo hipsters. The clothes they are wearing might look like they've been bought in some secondhand shop, but they're not. That is true. There is a whole industry set up for urban chic. There's a there there's a, a place just down the road from where I live that specializes in that shit. And they sell these 
sort of dystopic fashions for hundreds of dollars, like dresses that look like rags. They'll sell that shit for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So there's a whole industry that's been devoted and promoted to that kind of look. What are why are echo hipsters a threat to the planet? Buying whatever they trap, whatever trash they think is environmentally friendly because they fuel businesses that greenwash. Now, there is some truth to that. If some random clothing company produces a plastic hat from China with a green and proud logo on, they would buy it without really thinking of the CO2 emissions from that hat. You notice that the person says, didn't say, well, they're not thinking about the slave labor conditions in China that produce the hat. You know, these green people never talk about that shit. They never talk about the working conditions and or anything else. It's really just this abstraction about how much CO2 went into producing the damn hat. Businesses that actually, actually greenwash will not suffer unless you are informed about the concept of greenwashing. I would strongly recommend to quickly have a look at the definition. On the flip side, companies will get the impression that they do not have to change their echo-harmful practices. All they need to do is target 25 to 35-year-old echo-hipsters living in the largest capitals of Western Europe. You know that, what that makes them? It makes them millennials. You would not believe how many of them can be found in Copenhagen, London, and Berlin. They are everywhere. A great TV concept would be to go out in the streets of London and try and sell some T-shirts with an eco-friendly message printed on them, regardless of what material they contained or where they were manufactured. I can guarantee that you would sell a lot in a couple of hours. All you need to do these days is to claim that your product is eco-friendly. This podcast is eco-friendly. It really is. My, my carbon footprint to do this podcast I'm in net, I am net negative here. You know why? Because I don't have to get in a car and go drive somewhere. I don't have to drive to a studio to do this podcast. I should be getting some fucking echo tokens out of this. This is a green podcast. Absolutely and utterly green. I'm recycling a topic. Think about that. I'm recycling this topic that somebody else has already done. I didn't have to expend a bunch of time on my computer, breathing heavily, creating an entirely new article and expending a lot of CO2 to do that. Somebody else already did it. I'm starting to look a lot more green. Who knew? I have a recycled cat. Right? Like, I didn't go to some breeder to get a, a, a uh, do they, I, do, do cats really fall into that fucking category? I think they do. Like, purebred cats are a thing. I have a recycled cat. You know, my cat showed up here. I didn't go to some cat breeder. My cat's even spayed. And guess what? It came spayed. I didn't have to drive my cat down to the vet, expend a lot of 
gas and CO2 and have my cats be. So my cat is green. She's recycled. I'm getting greener with every second here. They are annoying. I did say this article is going to be 100% subjective, didn't I? So to wrap this up, I will give a very short, precise conclusion. Companies do not need to be eco-friendly to sell products and services. All they need is to appear eco-friendly. This slows down the development of green products, which is super harmful to the environment. Amund, you are fighting the good fight, brother. Don't let those echo hipsters steal your spiritual thunder. It's funny. It's like, I'll, I'll never forget the scene, and I've talked about the scene from Kiss of the Spider Woman. And it's with Raul Julia and William Hurt. God rest William Hurt's soul. And they're in prison. And, and Raul Julia is a he's a journalist. He's a political prisoner. And um, he has this kind of ongoing thing with William Hurt, who cross-dresses in the movie, right? This is William Hurt's cross-dressing film. He's kind of the you know, the, the, uh, the girly man, he's the girly man in the prison. And there's a scene in the movie where he's, he being William Hurt's character is eating this avocado and Raul Julia, who is a hardcore Marxist looks at him eating the avocado. He's like, why the, why are you eating an avocado? That's such a, a bourgeois um food he says i'm eating my avocado because i like avocados like sometimes an avocado is just an avocado and it's kind of funny because in that movie that's how the avocado is presented it's like oh well the bourgeoisie eat avocados the proles don't eat avocados but now the avocado has been turned into a proletariat food and for the longest time, avocados were kind of expensive. And then they went down in price because they started to be produced in massive numbers. Thanks in due part to the Mexican drug cartels. How does a hipster, how does a hipster really wrap their head around that? That the organic avocado that is in their smoothie could have been and likely might have been produced by one of the drug cartels because that's what they did they got into the avocado world like they just bum rushed the avocado world because they needed a legit business and they knew they could make money and they knew that they could launder money so how does a hipster like wrap their head around that that they're sucking down a, a cartel avocado and that cartel avocado um is a byproduct of somebody somewhere getting strung out on meth or fentanyl right like, like that's just a weird series of connections that people would have to make the war the world is utterly and perfectly imperfect there's no way this is the mars and virgo right this is all mars and virgo shit there's a reason why i'm talking about it the world's imperfect it'll never be perfect can you strive to have um an aesthetic and uh, 
respectful imprint with your environment? Sure, of course. Of course you can. Why not? Right? You the, There are higher degrees of lifestyle cultivation that are available to us. But as I'm about to show you, that lifestyle cultivation is weaponized. So let's let's go to um, this website. The website is called Ethos. And this is where you will really get um, kind of an adult dose of what I'm talking about. And um, it is a website that is um, created by Nicole Ettinger. And Nicole Ettinger used to be in charge of retail sales for David Wolf's products. She was the person that got them into Whole Foods, right? Instead of David just being online and selling products at like the Whole Life Expo and shit like that. Um, she met him at a talk in New York. They became friends and she moved to San Diego and basically mainstreamed David Wolf's products. And she stood up for him because a lot of people um, aren't really thrilled about his anti-vax stance and things like that. So this is her website, Ethos, fashion, culture, eco-living, travel, planet, tech, beauty, wellness. I mean, look, look how seductive seaweed hair products, why the experts love them. What else do we have? For minimalist footwear brand, Vivo Barefoot, sustainability has more than one meaning. Designer brands, Dr. Brahmers, takes a big step away from plastic. So the whole thing is to have these cartons, the carton water. Shop the latest. See to skin the cure. $50. Costa Brazil Aroma et du Perfume, 198 Cypress Cerulean Hydration Mask. $200, $210. Le Labo, the Noir 29, Eau de Perfume, $285. Trending now, the Echo Travel Guide to Cork, Ireland. 11 sustainable spirits brands, so you can drink responsibly in more ways than one. What is fair trade clothing and doesn't matter? Plus 30 brands to shop. Can the Grand Slam tennis tournaments survive climate change? Size inclusivity and sustainable denim. How good American tackles fashion's two biggest problems. Is Timu ethical? Here's why you should be wary. 10 sustainable sneakers for luxe, comfort, and timeless eco-friendly style. Do you really need to wear deodorant? Plus nine natural deodorant brands that work. Buffalo vegan chicken mac and cheese with dairy-free jalapeno ranch. So we got a commitment to veganism here. Oh, there's more. Uh, thinking inside the box to win the war against plastic water bottles. Probably not a bad thing. I'm not down. I'm not, I'm not opposed to this. 
There's too much plastic in the world. Coffee goes down smoother when it's bird-friendly and fair trade. 23 must-read climate change environmental books to jumpstart you into action. So you see how this is all kind of kludged together, right? There's a kludging. Like, like this is so cool. Ghani and Polybian debut the world's first leather jacket made by bacteria. I wonder how much this bacteria jacket costs. Danish luxury label uh, Ghani, I guess, has partnered with Mexican materials company Polybian to debut a vegan leather jacket made from bacterial cellulose. Debuting as the global fashion at the Global Fashion Summit in Copenhagen, the bacterial cellulose Ghani jacket marks a major milestone in the development of uh, the novel material as a viable alternative to traditional leather. The jacket prototype was crafted by nourishing bacteria with mango fruit waste sourced from the agriculture industry. The companies say, although through their natural digestive process, the bacteria converted the sugar present in the waste into cellulose, forming a stable bacterial cellulose membrane. Polybian calls the material cellium. Who'd have thunk it? The process resembles the tanning process of cowhide. The membrane is treated to attain a leather-like texture. Ghani then transformed the material into a mottled yellow blazer. Bacterial cellulose is gaining traction as companies seek out alternatives to conventional leather. A leading contributor to climate, climate change is the um, nexus for all of this, right? It is climate change, and then it is it is the center of the universe it is the axis mundi and everything else is built around it so here we go here's the guys from polybion now honestly i think it's kind of interesting it is kind of an interesting idea but i wonder how much the jacket costs cellium still has room for improvement it still requires polyurethane coating for durability combined with a synthetic or bio-based backing, depending on its intended application. This reliance petroleum-based plastics, along with any dyes or pigments, significantly hinders the material's ability to biodegrade effectively. The company, which earned the highest B Corp certification last year, has been introduced a wide range of new materials. So I am not opposed to, you know, exploring kind of new new ways to make things but when you look at this jacket you say to yourself if you're in this world you say to yourself fuck that is really cool that is a cool looking jacket and it's made out of bacteria and oh yeah it's saving the planet right this is this is the driver this is all lifestyle based right like look at the um the spirits the shit is not cheap that my friends is the definition of a hipster that is a hipster dude you're a hipster from ocean infused whiskey to botanical gin raise a glass to these sustainable liquor brands 
what makes a liquor brand sustainable. Not all spirits are created equally. The process of making a single 750 milliliter bottle of alcohol is responsible for generating 6.5 pounds of carbon dioxide, according to the Beverage Industry Environmental Roundtable, also known as beer. This equates to a little more than seven miles driven in a gas-powered car. As consumers increasingly make their desire for sustainable products known, a growing number of distilleries are working to mitigate their environmental impact. You know why? They want to be able to fucking borrow money from BlackRock in case they want to expand their operation. Maybe somewhere in there, there's some, some green blood flowing through their veins. These companies are making sustainability a focal point of their corporate and social responsibility, turning renewable sources of energy, reducing waste, reusing and recycling, and using innovative techniques to minimize their impact on the planet. So let's see what a case in point, Air Vodka, dubbed the world's first car carbon negative spirit. The New York-based technology brand Air Company made its vodka straight out of thin air, literally. Founded in 2017, Air Company creates ethanol directly from carbon dioxide using innovative carbon utilization technology. Hand-bottled in Brooklyn, the sustainable drink also features a 100% biodegradable label with vegetable ink and is contained in recyclable bottles and boxes. There you go. Number one on the list, Air Vodka. Mount Gay, not only is it environmentally sustainable, but it's queer friendly. Just kidding. From ocean infused whiskey to botanical gin. All right, Mount Gay. They've been around for a while. Sustainability is the heart of everything we do. This is dominated by the fact that we're on a small island. So everything you do, you feel an impact on the community, on the direct environment. In addition to going carbon neutral by 2030, the company opts for solar energy. It conserves water by collecting pond water in lieu of an irrigation system. Well, isn't that just mighty green of them? Hike gin, uh, turn out eco-friendly alcohol, well-known for using material, natural sustainable materials to craft its award-winning drinks. The company launched Hike Gin on March 18th, 2019, also known as Global Recycling Day. Did you know that? For all of you March 18th birthday people, you can celebrate Global Recycling Day. What a sexy birthday. Produced in England, the premium gin is made using surplus table grapes. Not a bad idea. It's called grappa. It's like, oh, have we ever thought about using surplus table grapes? Or um, it's like it's great. In total, the company is able to redirect about 1.4 million punnets, small ba baskets of discarded grapes each year. Well, where do the grapes come from, right? Where do those discarded grapes come from? And are those discarded grapes organic? Hello, maybe those discarded grapes are heavily dosed with pesticides. Doesn't really say it there. Uh, the botanist. Founded in 2011, the botanist I lay dry gin is a go-to as far as pairing with any tonic concerned. 
Brukladich Brukladich Distillery uses sustainably sourced botanicals to craft its spirits, which are contained in 100% recyclable glass bottles. Not a carton, but a glass bottle. The company has numerous sustainability initiatives that can be categorized into four key pillars. Agricultural biodiversity, packaging and waste, ILA and community, or ISLA and community, and energy. You really get a sense that they're like completely like green and sustainable. I don't know. Purity vodka relies on organic ingredients, organic wheat, malted barley, and admits the use of harmful chemicals. Purity also relies on renewable energy sources, such as wind farms and initiatives, has initiatives in place to minimize waste. So, or what, do they get their power from a fucking wind farm somewhere? Is, is I mean, does that like qualify it? Umiki, this one's kind of interesting actually. Okay. Uh, this is from Japan. The average distillery uses about 37 liters of water to produce one liter of alcohol, 10 times the amount of water needed to make beer, according to beer. Ubiki whiskey takes uh, being water intensive out of the equation by using ocean water, a renewable resource or renewable source, and its blending process. The sustainable process of Ubiki gives an exceptional smoothness to our whiskey with sea breeze on the nose rounded floral taste on the palate and a soothing freshness to the finish the company notes on its website i can assure you none of this shit is cheap you are paying you're paying for the brand makers mark look at that who'd have thought it operates its factory on renewable solar power has a zero landfill initiative at its distillery and runs the first recycling program in Marion County. How about that? It also created the sanctuary for the watershed at its Still Hill Farm. Maker's Marks doing a small batch bourbon too. Its wood finishing series is the fourth of its limited release series. The Oaky Bourbon is spicy and woody and not around for long. You have uh, McCallum, the Scott, the Scotch Company. They have a Harmony collection, which I guess is supposedly it's. Um, its version of eco-friendly spirits. This shit is not cheap. I'm telling you. You know, we're talking Waterford's Gaia single malt Irish whiskey. The commitment sees central biodynamic farming practices, including fermenting manure, following the lunar calendar, and eschewing synthetic fertilizers and other chemicals. Distilled from organic barley, the single malt Gaia is Waterford's personification of Mother Earth itself. Let's see how much a bottle of this runs. I'll come back to this website in a second. Copy for me. Copy for me. Here we go. The price 
is somewhere between 94 and $110. Um, you can get it at Del Mesa Liquor for $109. There you go. Somewhere between 80 to $100 for a bottle of, you know, it might be a good spend if you wanted to try out something that is completely biodynamic and built around the lunar calendar. But it's it, it it's not just the, the the it's everything. It's part of the package, right? It's part of the package. Th this is how they sell climate change. It's lifestyle. It's all lifestyle, right? And by doing all these things, you can assuage your guilt and feel like you're doing your part to save Gaia. It's a religion, but it, but it's not just a religion. It's a religion that is also imbued with lifestyle. And where did the lifestyle come from? Came from the world of hipsterism, right? It came from the world. It's, it's not that hipsters attached itself or attached themselves. The first female LGBTQ-led climate VC launches with 23 million to make eating sustainably joyful. Oh, boy. The mycelium revolution mushroom. So, look, I think there's some th interesting things that are that are going on here. the The bacteria stuff is, I think, fascinating. Like new material is pretty fucking cool. But this is all lifestyle shit. Robert Downey Jr. turned six classic cars into modern Echo Marvels, and he's giving them all away. Soon, more milk will come from oats than cows. The role of fashion in sustainable development, Hollywood. 10 things you need to know about Hollywood and the climate crisis. This is all hipster, 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 right? Hipsters made um, getting coffee drinks fashionable. Before people just used to drink coffee, regular old coffee, black coffee, cream, sugar. But with the advent of the first generation of hipsters, which were the beats, like, where did they go? Well, they went to cafes. And what do you drink at cafes? Well, I'll have an espresso. I'll have a double espresso. I'll have a uh, cappuccino. And you and you sit at uh, uh, Cafe uh, Roma in San Francisco. And you drink your, your cappuccino. And you, you read some Allen Ginsberg or maybe some Gregory Corso. And then maybe later that night, You'll uh, mosey on over to the Keystone Corner and go listen to Rasan Roland Kirk. And um, I have Kenneth, Kenneth Rexroth recite poetry. Right? That's where it all begins. That's where it all begins. It be, it's all pre-hippie. Hippie is short for hipster. Hipsters come out of the beat movement. And if you go into L.A., Right. And the roots of the beat movement 
in LA are very unbeat like people. Charles Bukowski is comes out of that kind of weird LA scene, right? And he's a raging alcoholic and he, you know, writes about he writes about filth, but he does it in a very kind of real sort of poetic way. And he's a, and he's a you know, raging alcoholic, right? You have Tom Waits. Tom Waits is a hipster. You listen to Tom Waits back in the day, you were kind of a hipster. Ricky Lee Jones, hipster. That was Tom, that was Tom Waits' first girlfriend. Chuck E. Weiss, the, he was a scenester in LA, hipster. Right. And it all comes, you know, Echo Park, Griffith Park, Silver Lake, you know, this is the, the epicenter of hipsterism. And out of it emerges this lifestyle. Now, then you have coming from the other direction, you have the whole organic food world. And um, who was his name? Jim Baker. You have Jim Baker's place. And all the people, went to Jim Baker's restaurant, Jim Baker, of course, being the source family guy, right? Jim Baker health food. What was his cafe? Um, no, no, not that Jim Baker. Um, yeah. The cult roots of health food in America. Atlas Obscura. Right? So a lot of the hipsterism stuff starts here, right here. Source family. Right here. It's funny, I, I interviewed um, Isis Aquarius. Is that her name? So this is all LA-based stuff, right? There's a direct line between health food in LA from the Source family to the Goop-era clean food movement. It's all here, right? There's your guy. And these were hippies. And what do hippies come out of? They come out of the hipster movement. They come out of the beats. The source restaurant right there. Here's your epicenter. Uh, John and Yoko used to have salads here all the time, right? Like this is Joni Mitchell used to eat here. This was the place. And this is where they started the source, source family with Jim Baker. There's your source family. So all this stuff is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, we're just dealing with a new generation of it. And that back in the day, that was that place was hip. Now we look at it, it's kind of you know it's it's kind of cringy and and it looks well you know kind of hippie-ish, right? But that was a hip place to be. You know, you wanted to you wanted to kind of be seen at the Source Cafe, even though you didn't because it was kind of un, it was you know it was kind of counterculture, but it was so counterculture that it was part of the culture. This is everything that we're dealing with now is just an extension of that. It's a total extension of it. But now the cost is far more 
um, damning, right? Because of the handcuffs, the green handcuffs and everything that BlackRock and Vanguard and all these massive money funds have attached themselves to. It's really the, it's the green handcuffs and the green prison, but you know, they'll, they'll suck you in because of the lifestyle and, Oh God, I want one of those jackets. Oh yeah. I want to sip that, that biodynamic scotch. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want a, a you know, solar powered airplane, right? It's all lifestyle based and it's all really cool. And you feel like you're doing your part to, save the world but you're not doing it in a way that's you know threadbare right this this is not your um this is not your salvation army chic although again with hipsters that's where they shop right i mean fuck i used to shop at salvation army back in the old punk rock days so it's a lifestyle Right. This is where they get you. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna get a cool electric scooter, man. I'm gonna get a cool electric scooter and I'm gonna have a really uh long beard and I'm gonna wear a suit made out of hemp. And uh I'm gonna drink avocado beet cacao espresso smoothies. Could you imagine that in your system? Um I'm kind of joking a little bit, but there is that. There there is that. And, and I'm sure inside of that world, there are a lot of people that hate those people based on that article that I read, but that's what they're selling. You know, that's the lifestyle. They, they want to glamorize the life, right? She even has an article in there on how like having roommates uh, kind of, you know, makes your carbon footprint not as, not as, not as bad, right? It lightens your carbon footprint. So you can find it. Del Mesa liquor. Go down there and get you some of it. So it's really, in a lot of ways, I think it's quite insidious. And does Nicole Edinger, um, does she know that she's like, promoting the fourth industrial revolution and Klaus Schwab and is she on the payroll? I don't think so. I don't think she's on the payroll. I think she's promoting a, an alternative lifestyle that is eco-friendly that has some kind of um, urban chic attached to it. And if we can all kind of look good and smell good and drink good and eat good, well, why isn't the planet a better place for it? Like you could really make a justification for that kind of model. Be easy, right? The only problem is, is that it costs a fuck of a lot of money. That's number one. And number two, it's really, it's really kind of the Judas goat of this whole um, green environmental movement, you know? I mean, it's 
or you can you can throw in uh the the pied piper effect you know it's the pied piper effect you just kind of go in and you're into it yeah it's like oh i love this do you see this oh yeah this is made out of bacteria really yeah totally 100 percent bacteria i thought it was leather i know isn't that great well, how much should it cost you? Well, it cost me more than a leather jacket, but I'm proud of it. I mean, it, these you understand, right? I mean, this is part of the selling point. It has what status? There's status involved here. Oh, come on over! I, you know, do you want to come over and have this really, really wonderful, organically sourced? Um, simple malt scotch that's biodynamic really yeah why don't you come on over let's taste some probably don't fucking like scotch but it's cool right it's a cool thing to be able to have that the seawater whiskey one i'm actually interested in wonder how that would taste the japanese are very clever people taking seawater and turning it into scotch that's an interesting uh, concept but the roots right the roots go all the way back to the sign and back of me hollywood hollywood source family jim baker the source restaurant hippies coming out of the hipster movement coming out of the beats right which were the first real kind of alternative lifestyle um in american culture they're like fuck it we're not into it we're not we're not into the two-car garage uh we're not into the the nuclear family we're going to be like Jack Kerouac and drive across America and go find ourselves. Jack Kerouac was a fucked up person, by the way, really fucked up. Um, no culture hero, but he became one for a lot of people. And the reason why he became so popular, we'll save that for tomorrow. And um, the second turning in, in the uh, fourth turning series. We'll play around with this a little bit more this week. I try to kind of understand like the, the psychic drivers of this green revolution and how lifestyle and people like when Paltrow play a huge part in promoting it. It's sexy. It's cool. It's chic. It's fashionable. Um, and in their minds, well, it's just fun. And, and while you're doing it, you're saving the world at the same time all right thanks for being here um give a little bit of love speaking of sustainable my friend chris true hemp science all you got to do is go to truehempscience.com and spend 100 dollars or more on his organic sustainable cbd type in 15mins and guess what you get you get free product Free product, $150, get you free shipping, and always a 30-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I, do I have time for Lynn? Because if I don't play it, I know I'm going to hear it from Lynn. The Beatles' birthday song. I'm, it's going to be a bit of a rush. bit of a rush, Lynn. Here we go. How long is it? It is two minutes. This one's 49 seconds. It's rare. Then you get the rare 49 second version. Only because we're short on time.
have a great day, Lynn, and everybody else. The Beatles! I didn't know that they actually did a happy birthday song. Lynn, you can uh, say it's your birthday and play it's your birthday when the show's over. You got a two for a day. All right, take care, everybody. Use your head in order to show what's real. Your heart to stay open when it's possible. And remember, stay hip. Stay hip. Stay green. It is so cool. It is so clean. Bye for now.